0: Hello and welcome to the Wednesday, January 31st, 2024 edition of the Sands and its Storm Centers Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Today I was looking at some of the techniques that attackers are using to figure out that they are interacting with a honeypot. In our the shield honeypot, we are using Kauri. Kauri emulates a Telnet and SSH server. It does a pretty good job at that, emulating a partially functional shell and the like. But of course, it's not perfect. It's not really meant to be perfect, and, and hackers have sort of the little tricks that they're using in order to figure out whether or not the honeypot is real. One trick in particular they're using is they check for the presence and uh, presence of Brock self exe. XE is essentially the executable that you're currently running. If you're connected to a server via SSH, you typically get bash or whatever you're using as a shell that would be located at this particular file location. Well, in the honeypot, you only have a partial file system and this file does not exist, making it Pretty easy to then figure out that they're running in a honeypot. Of course, well, there is sort of that usual whack-the-mole. Uh, we will in a future release, hopefully coming soon add this particular file to our honeypot so that way attackers will have a little bit more difficult time to figure out if they're in a honeypot there are a couple other tricks i've seen being used which ls which is checking where the ls command is and then also creating a quick password with open ssl the tricky part here is that of course the output will be different each time the command is run so you can't easily sort of have a static uh, answer here, like for the other tricks that they're using. The way I sort of figured out these techniques is by basically just looking what is the last command that net hacker runs in the honeypot. Once the attacker finds out they're running in a honeypot, they typically disconnect. So by looking at the last command, you then know that this was probably the command that gave away that the attacker is running in a honeypot. And of course, there's a little bit a uh, cat and mouse game here in trying to stay ahead of the attackers or not too far behind. But given that uh, we can pretty easily sort of push out updates and make little changes to the honeypot, uh, This should be relatively easy to change and uh, make sure that uh, we stay a little bit more difficult to detect. I think it was actually on Monday that I talked about the problems Fritzbox had by adopting the Fritz.box domain name and .box is now a valid top-level domain Well, uh, the problem here really is that so far there hasn't really been sort of an official internal domain name or top level domain that you could be using. Uh, Some people have been using like example.com, but strictly speaking, you shouldn't be using dot local is actually used for multicast DNS and should not be used like this. There is now a solution in sight and that's a dot internal. ICANN, the organization that manages domain names has announced that they have now finalized the process of actually coming up with sort of a domain name, a top-level domain for private use, and this will be .dot .internal. It still has to be officially ratified, but uh, this is the only candidate at this point. They went through their usual lengthy and very deliberate process in trying to figure out what the best domain name is, and, well, .dot .internal it is. So, yeah, go ahead, and uh, if you do need to pick an internal domain name, .dot .internal should be it. And then we got an interesting out-of-cycle security bulletin from Juniper. Uh, This security bulletin was not released because there is some uh, great new vulnerabilities currently being exploited. Juniper is usually very conservative about these out-of-cycle security bulletins. But uh, because Juniper got kind of caught not playing quite by the rules in the last update that they released about a week ago. One particular vulnerability with a severity of high or a CSS score of 8.8 was not included or not mentioned in the last update, even though it was fixed. That was pointed out by Watchtower and then later in a story by The Register. Juniper is now trying to make things right and is releasing this additional out-of-cycle security bulletin. So if you applied last week's patches, you should be all good, but... Double check and I'll link to the register story as well as to the bulletin. The important part here is that, of course, uh, not properly disclosing what vulnerabilities are being addressed in a particular update. First of all, makes it more difficult to figure out if a vulnerability is or an update is critical enough to updated in your particular environment. And also, if something goes wrong with the update, well, you may not realize that uh, certain behavior may have changed. And ChatGPT apparently still has issues uh, keeping users' conversations with ChatGPT separate and uh, private. The Ars Technica has a story where they're showing some screenshots where a user saw in their conversation history conversations that apparently were performed by other users and that include uh, private data. This apparently happened uh, to multiple users and is sort of one of those gremlin kind of bugs where occasionally it just appears to happen where your conversations may be visible to other users. Well, and this is it for today. Thanks for listening. And uh, just a reminder, you can actually listen to this podcast using your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. So thanks and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.